Matthew 18. I'm going to read from verses 18 through 20. Matthew 18, verses 18 through 20. Assuredly, I say to you, whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you lose on earth we be loosed in heaven. 19. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together, in my name, I am there in the midst of them. The church began with the spirit of community in the book of Acts of the Apostle. The church was not a figment of human imagination. The church was born by the will of God through the Holy Spirit. In the book of Acts of the Apostles chapter 2, the Bible tells us about the entrance and the baptism and the infilling of the Holy Spirit to the very first group of people who met together in one secluded place, in one accord. Now, the result of the meeting of that day was the bath of what we call the church today. It is very critical to understand the beginning of this work. When the church began, the church began with the spirit of comradeness. The church began... With unity. The church began with oneness. In fact, the very condition for the heaven to open and for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, the Bible says, and they were all together in one place, in one accord. They were together in one place. It's very critical to understand one place and one accord. The church met together in one place and with one accord. When they met, it was the very necessary condition for the Holy Spirit to move. Now, that is what we call necessary, necessary condition and satisfying condition. The needed condition for the move of the Spirit was for the church to be together in oneness. As the ages passed, the enemy crept in, 
Not by stopping the church from praying. But you know what it did? It stopped us from agreeing. There is power in agreement. So tonight I'm sharing with us the power of oneness in prayer. The power of oneness in prayer. The Lord has spoken to us extensively in the last five weeks. Tremendous power that we possess as a people when we walk and we present our cases before God. We have found out that it's easier for humans, it's easier for many of us, professed believers, to complain, to look for other alternatives than to pray. And I remember the Lord saying to us that prayer is a two-edged sword. But up until now, many of us are familiar with the one side of prayer. And that is the prayer that comes with an immediate response. But there is a, there's a prayer that comes by investment. Listen, every time we spend before God is an invested time, not a wasted time. It might appear that at the moment the circumstance remains the same. Look, circumstance will always be circumstance. Circumstance come and they go. But one thing remains, the God that we serve works by principle. There is no circumstance that can withstand the power of his word. The Bible said the ears of the Lord are open to the cry of the righteous. David said, I've been young, now I am old. I have never seen the righteous forsaken. In other words, if he's righteous... It will be taken care of. I don't know how many of us are righteous tonight. But the Bible tells me God will take care of you. Did you hear what I just said? God will take care of you. Amen. So the Lord showed us. The circumstance will come. But you see. We often will prefer. That the situation will change. And then our attitudes to God will begin, will become positive. But I, I want to say to us tonight that your prayer precedes change. And when you pray, it appears nothing has changed. What we don't realize is that everything we see in the natural first must be born in the spirit. If it is not born in the spirit, it will not last. There are many cosmetic miracles. They only last for the lifetime of that miracle. But if your miracle comes from heaven, we are sources never dry. We are everything is provided for by the king of that kingdom. There is nothing that he gives. It will always succeed. The Bible says it is the blessing of God that does what? That makes rich and add no sorrow to it. Now, let me quickly say something there. It means there is a blessing that does not come from God. When it comes, it comes with sorrow. That's what the enemy does. So, in other words, blessings can come from different sources. 
But how do you know a blessing that comes from God? It has the divine seal of God on in it. And what is the seal of God? James chapter 1. Every good gift and perfect gift comes down from the Father of light. In whom there is no variableness, neither the shadow of turning. Listen, time may be long before it appears. But when the time is right, when the due season of God comes in your life and God moves on our behalf to do the unspeakable, to do the unprecedented, no one will be able to gainsay it. Everyone will say, this is the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in our sight. Why? Because it is the Lord's doing. That's why the scripture says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How do you taste and see? They're two different things. You're talking about two senses. You're tasting and you're seeing. But he's saying, when you taste of the Lord's goodness, when you taste of his mercy, when you taste of his, of his touch, something will be different in your life. That's why the scripture says, weeping may endure for a night. When weeping endures, the hearts of men will fail. When situation continues the way they are, our hearts become weakened. That's why hope defar makes the heart sick, the scripture says. So when weeping endures, many of us cannot sustain the endurance of the weeping. But the Bible says there is something that is coming in the morning. I have something to say to somebody here tonight. You came into this place. You've been crying and weeping in the secret. Nobody sees you. But the Bible says it's almost over. The day of joy is closer than you can ever think. The day of joy is closer than your breath. The day of joy is closer than the closest friend to you. The Lord is saying I'm bringing joy. And I will turn your captivity around. I will fill your mouth with joy. You will not be able to comprehend the extent of my joy. For I will replace your beauty, uh, your ashes with beauty. The day of joy will come. In the today's word, what the church has abandoned is what the world has welcomed. What the church abandoned the word welcomed. For many of us who are familiar with industry and most of the foremost companies today, many companies are beginning to adopt what to call co-CEOs. What do you mean co-CEOs? In other words, we're having more than one person as a leader over this place. We're beginning to connect and we're beginning to bring ideas together that is more than one person. We do not want just one person. We want, we want comradeness. We want people to come in with different angles, with different perspectives. And now the church, have you noticed that for us, we're breaking ranks. And Jesus taught extensively about this. That there is a place of tremendous, unprecedented power. Number one, power is in prayer. I have a few things that I wrote down and I want to mention to you what happens when we pray. Let me quickly mention to us. In the praying place, the praying place is the victorious place. Church, the praying place is the victorious place. If we truly desire a permanent, consistent, ever-increasing victory, what we need to do is to find the place of our knees. It is not a popular place, but it's the victorious place. The praying place 
is the oasis of the divine blessing of God. The praying place is the promoting place. I see that when we pray, our many zeros are turned to heroes. What we call impossible become possible. I notice that the lowly are exalted when they pray. You want to find out from the scriptures how the lowly were promoted by the power of prayer. There are many circumstances in the scriptures of the neglected, the abandoned, the lowly, but God, by the fact that they decided to pray, took them from the lowly and made them Christians of himself. Do you remember Israel in Egypt? They were in Egypt for 430 years. They were slaves. They labored day and night to provide food for the Egyptians. But one night, the Bible says, and the people started to cry to the God in heaven. The Bible says, he said unto Moses, for I have heard the cry of my people. And I'm sending you forth. Why? Because I have heard the cry of my people. I'm about to deliver them. The same people that were called slaves. One day, they walked through different nations and different lands. The Bible tells me that God who led them out of the land of Egypt said, For they are my people. And they said, they went from one nation to another. They went from one kingdom to another. He suffered no man to do them wrong. Saying, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. Who are the prophets? The people were complaining. <laughs> the people were saying, we want to eat garlic. I'm cucumber. We want to go back to Egypt. But God said, they're my prophets. They are my people. God looks at all of us tonight and says, they are my prophets. You are looking at yourself and you're saying, well, I'm not doing well enough spiritually. God is saying, you are my prophet. You know why God said that? God was not speaking in the present. He was speaking in the future. Out of their loins will come the, the prophet that will rule Israel. They were zeros. But they became heroes. Every nation was afraid of Israel. They discussed among themselves. Do you remember the five kings of Amorite? They gathered themselves together to fight Israel. Why? They were afraid. Do you remember who these people were? They had no guns. They had no weapon. But had they had something more than weapon and gun. Do you know what tonight? You may not have guns. You may not have weapons. You may not have influence. But the greatest influence is the influence of him who sits on the throne. And the kingdoms of men are controlled in that throne. The Bible said nations were afraid of them. Why? They prayed, they called on him. He sent a deliverer to them. The praying place. When we pray, God moves us into the arena of faith and confidence. The praying place destroys the power of curses and replaces with the covenant of God. How many of us believe what I'm saying tonight? The praying place takes away curses and replaced with the covenant of God. I remember the story of Jabez, who was considered to be a curse by his name. It was, it was pain everywhere he is, everywhere he was. Do you remember today people make such statements here? I don't expect believers to make such, such statements. They say, to, I'm, I'm a pain, right? Don't call yourself a pain. Jabez knew he was pain. But the Bible says, and they call upon God. And they say, oh, that, that wouldest bless me. Ever said that wouldest bless me? Oh, yes, that thou wouldest bless me and enlarge my coast. That I may not cause pain 
the Bible says, and the Lord granted him his request. Uh, maybe the reason why certain pains are still in existence in our lives is that we have not taken time enough to actually present the matter before God. In other words, there are curses that were generational curses. There are curses that were curses that were self-invoked curses. But the Bible says, when you come before God, however strong the power of the curses, when you pray, there is no curse in hell. There is no power in Hades that can stand the power of the living God. Every curse will have to bow before the living God. Because when the blessing comes, the blessing is superior to a curse. That's what the Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 18. The Bible says, for the, it says the wicked bows at the gate of the righteous. In other words, the lesser bows to the power of the greater. And so the curses cannot sustain the power of a genuine prayer in the realm of the spirit. And I observed that the problem we've had over time, even as we pray, our beliefs are shaking. How many times we spend time asking God something, but our hearts are not there. We cannot understand. And because of that, our beliefs are shaking. I want to show something tonight before I continue with what we have to share tonight. Let's turn our Bibles to the book of John, chapter, chapter 4. Let's see the story of this young woman. Did I say John? Okay. I want us to go to Mark 16, I'm sorry. Mark 16. I'll come back to John later. But let's read Mark 16. Mark 16. This is the story of the disciples of Jesus. And I want us to see this tonight. How many of us have struggled with believing? You've prayed and... All of us have. I didn't want, I'm being honest with you. All of us have. We've struggled with believing. We've prayed, but somewhere in our minds, we still want to figure it out. How is he going to do it? We struggled with it. Now, I want to say this to you today. You're not alone. <laughs> the people who even walk with Jesus' life, they did the same. But what happened to them? Let's see what the Bible says in Mark chapter 16. In verse 10, the Bible says, So she went. Now, this is talking about Mary. The Bible says, I'll read from verse 9. Now, when he arose... Early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he cast out seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him that they mourned as they mourned and wept. Now, Jesus had been buried. Now, Mary, went, Mary Magdalene went to them and said, Jesus had risen. She went and told those who had been with him as they mourned. And when they heard that he was alive, and had been seen by her. What does your Bible say? They didn't believe. They said, what is she talking about? They did not believe. Verse 12. Now, why is that so important? Don't forget Jesus told them. After three days, I will arise. But they didn't believe him. They didn't believe it. In verse 12, this is what it says. And after that, he appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went into the country. And as they went and told the rest, don't forget, he met with these two that were on their way to Hemios. You remember them? And as they, were, as they went back to tell to the rest, but they did not believe them either. Do we see either? They did not believe them either. In verse 14, let's read further. Later, he appeared to the eleven. 
as they sat at the table and he rebuked the unbelief and the hardness of heart because they did not believe that those things or those who had seen him after he had risen. They didn't believe him. And that brings to my mind the story of a woman who saw Jesus. When Jesus met, John chapter 4, we remember? The woman of Samaria that Jesus met. And the Bible says when Jesus met with her at the well, Jesus spoke to her. The discussion was long. I don't want to go to the details. But the Bible says after she had an encounter with Jesus, she ran to the city and told everybody, I found a woman the prophets had spoken. The Bible says something there. The Bible says, and they believed because of the words of the woman. But the Bible says, and they went back and spent and found Jesus and told him to stay with them another two days. And when they, he had stayed with them another two days, you know what the Bible says? The Bible says, and they said to the woman, we did not believe because of what you have said. We believe because we heard him ourselves. Now, that would have sounded like a straight story to us, but to me it's not. Do you know what weakens our belief? Our beliefs are weakened because most of the things we believe, they were borrowed revelations. They were things that were told us. We believe to a degree. But you see, until you have a first-hand experience with God, your belief has no concrete foundation. Your belief will only last to the limit of the source of the belief. How far is the source of the belief? But the Bible says, they said to him, they said to her, we believe not because of what you have said, we believe because we have heard him ourselves. The question today is that God has placed men and women around us as inspiration. But let it not end there. God is saying, I want to bring you to the place of personal revelation. When your heart is rock solid, on the fact that I know whom I believe. Paul said, I know him. How did Paul know him? I'll tell us tonight. Galatians chapter 1, don't read it. But I'll tell us what the story is. We can get back home and read. The Bible says when Paul said, it was pleasing to God who had separated me from my mother's womb. And Paul knew that God separated him. He said, and after my experience with the Lord, I did not go to any of the apostles. But rather, I went into Arabia for a period of three years. He didn't go to the apostles. Paul went, he heard the message. He knew God used an apostle or a disciple to touch his eyes and he recovered his sight. But you know what Paul did? Paul said, they said, they said, I don't need it. I want to know him myself. Now, wonderful. It's great to be in World House. But the goal of this assembly is that after we have heard him, we want to go back and find out for ourselves. And God revealing himself to us. You know why? When we do that, it becomes a connection with God himself, not with man. When we have a connection with man, with denomination, with people, when they fail us, our hearts become weakened. But when we know him, our lives will never remain the same. Paul said, I did not confide with flesh and blood. I went for three years. When he came back, he said, I only spent 15 days with Peter. Only 15 days. 
No wonder that man was able to do tremendous work. When he went before people, he was confident, not because of what he was told, but what because of what he has found. I prayed and I made the Lord help us individually to find him, to discover him, to work with him. Back to prayer. The Bible says in Mark, in that Matthew that we're at 18, the Bible says, I'm going to read again. I wanted to listen to this. Matthew 18. Verses 18 to 19. He says, Assuredly, I said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you lose on earth will be loose in heaven. Again, I said to you, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything, tonight I want to challenge our hearts. There are battles in our lives that are meant to be fought alone. But I'm also glad to announce to you tonight that are battles you cannot fight alone. The way the kingdom is structured, the kingdom is structured in a way by which we understand the power of corporateness. From the very beginning, God understands the power of unity. It's the kingdom principle. Now, if the world understands the kingdom principle and is employed, they will receive the benefit of it. The church must understand the power of the divine and the kingdom principle. And the principle is this. When we walk in unity of purpose and heart, there is nothing that will be impossible to us. I'm going to take us through scriptures tonight. Nothing will be impossible. The scripture says in the book of Ecclesiastes, the Bible says a threefold cord is not easily broken. Is that correct, church? Uh, a three-fourth chord means where there is a connection. I believe the two people may be human and the third may be God. You remember the fourth man in the, in the fire together with the, 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 you know, the three Hebrew men. Now, it's a three-fourth chord. In other words, where there is a proper agreement. The Bible says it's not easily broken. Jesus is teaching again and saying, if two of you shall agree on earth concerning anything if we can just agree but alas we often don't and i'm going to challenge many of us who are married tonight because the first question you want to ask is who do i agree with the first line of agreement is your spouse i'm going to begin there tonight when the lord builds our lives and our homes on unity of prayer, there is nothing that will be impossible for that home to accomplish. I'm honest with us tonight. If God can get, because many of us are looking for somebody to agree with, but the closest person to you is your spouse. If we can agree and say, Lord, this is what our heart desires, God will respond from heaven. There is power the devil will not stop us from praying, but it will stop us from agreeing. There are forces that have had families back today. There are forces that have kept us from agreement. If God can get us to agree in prayer, the entire world will know the difference in our lives. Jesus said, if two of you will agree concerning anything 
it shall be done of my father in heaven. Let me quickly bring out the first principle. I say, number one, there is strength in unity. I was say strength. There is strength in unity. Have we noticed that when we connect and find alliance in between ourselves, there is almost nothing we cannot accomplish. Let me give us an example from the book of Genesis, chapter 11. I want us to read this. This is God speaking about people who came together under the power of agreement. Let's read Genesis chapter 11 and verse 6. Genesis chapter 11, verse 6. Genesis eleven six 6 says, it says, and the Lord said, indeed, the people are one. This is God speaking. And they all have one language. Uh, that's interesting. They are what? They are one and they have one language. It is one thing to have one language. It's another thing to be one. It says they are one and they have one language. And he said, and this is what they begin to do. Now they were trying to build, you know, an altar all the way to God. This is the Tower of Babel. The Bible says, and this is what they begin to do. Let's read the next phrase. It says, now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Uh, let me read from another version that I have here. This is what it says. It says, behold, they are one people and of one language. This is only the beginning of what they will do. <laughs> it says, this is the only beginning of what they will do. It says, now, nothing they think of will be impossible for them. It says, nothing they think of will be what? Impossible to them. In other words, there is a power that is released when we come together in agreement of prayer. Now, there are issues in our lives we have been dealing with alone. If the issues are not moving, the mountains are resistant to your prayer. Find somebody you can repose your confidence in. There are circumstances in our life when men need to look for men to pray with. There are circumstances when sisters need to find sisters to pray with. There are times when we pray together, we agree in oneness. Something will break loose in the realm of the spirit. But you know what the devil tries to do amidst us? He sows the seed of discord. There is backbiting. There is discord. Somebody said, somebody said, you said this. Now! That is a ploy from the pit of hell. Divided, the enemy wants. But united, will make a tremendous available to us. Let me take us through a few scriptures tonight. And then we will see in clear terms what the Lord wants us to know before we leave here tonight. Let's turn our Bibles together tonight to the book of the Apostle chapter 4. I read first of all in chapter 3. I want us to read what happens here. Acts to the Apostle chapter 3 first. We all remember this story. The Bible says in Acts of the Apostles chapter 3, the Bible says, now Peter in verse 1, and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer and the ninth hour. 
And as a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried. Whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful. To ask alms from those who enter the temple. When St. Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on them with John, Peter said, look at us. And they gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Now, I understand the miracle. We remember the miracle that happened. But the Bible says shortly after this experience, the man was ill. He began to leap and jump for joy. They arrested Peter and John. Why? Because they felt they were causing turmoil in the temple. The Bible says the church did something which I want us to see tonight. As they arrested Peter and John, and they lay answer, them, but they released them to go. The Bible says, and the church began to pray. I'm going to read for us. I want us to see together. Matthew, uh, sorry, Acts chapter 4. I want us to read now. Are we there? Chapter 4, verse 23. The Bible says, and being let go. Ah, let's do the next one. They went to their own companies. Everyone said they went to their own companies. In your life, it will get to a level when certain crises will arise. You need to find a good company. There is a company of those that is needed for the miracles of God in your life to be done. How many of us have company of men and women we can find? We know they know God. We know they have a place in the realm of the spirit. We know they are praying people. Because when we go to our company, something will happen. Let's read it. The Bible says in verse 23, and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. Verse 24. So when they heard that, what did they do, church? They lifted up their voices with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that's in them. But who by the mouth of your servant David have said, why did the nations rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth to stand, and the rulers gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. Let's see what they said. For truly against your only servant Jesus, whom you have anointed, both whom you anointed, both Herod and Pilate split a pilot. The Bible said, where the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant your servant that with all boldness. They may speak your word. Do you see their prayer? If it were today, what do you think we're going to do? We're going to kill all those enemies. But the Bible says they did not ask God to stop the persecution. They asked God, grant us boldness. Now, what happened when they prayed? Let's read the next verse. The Bible says, and when they had prayed, everyone say when they had prayed, verse 31. The place where they were assembled together was shaking. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. Now that's what is going to happen. When we stand together in unity, the power of God will be made available. The Bible said the place where they were was shaking. Why? They were together in one accord. They had a specific goal. Their hearts were united. Their focus was the same. And they knew that whatever is my brother's problem is my problem. How many of us have received a burden in the last couple of weeks that is not your body? How many of us are going before the Lord to say, oh God, the sister does not even know what I'm doing, but I just know she needs help. Lord, help her. 
Lord, do something in our life. Lord, that family needs help. Their son, you know, has gone astray from you. Lord, recover that family. Oh, Lord, this family is going through financial crisis. I can't help them all the way. I don't have what it takes, but I can pray. Lord, bring back the new days to them. Lord, turn their captivity around. Lord, make a way for them where there seems to be no way. How? When last did we do that? When last we did, did we see a sister in crisis? And we said, oh Lord, I'm going to stand up on my watch until something happens over this home. And we noticed that many times the strong condemns the weak. Did you hear what I said? That's one of the things that Paul corrected in the church at Corinth. He told them those who were strong did, were not considerate of those who were weak in the spirit. How many times many of us pride in how much we know of God, but we have forgotten that my sister, my brother that is struggling, it's my responsibility to bring them before God and say, oh God, until Christ be formed in them, I'm not going to leave. I'm going to continue to pray and call upon you. Have we seen our churches? We are so divided in our approach and the world can see it. We, we are glad when others fall. We are glad when they enter into crisis. We don't say it, but in our heart we say, well, they've received their reward. What reward? My joy is to see my brother built. My joy is to see my sister grow. My joy is to see the other family increase in the knowledge and the grace of God. I remember the story of a man, of a woman. She's an elderly woman. There's a man called John Wesley. Many of us know John Wesley. And many of us know many of these men. When George Wesley would go to Crusade Ground, there was a man that people don't know today. His name is called Father Nash. Father Nash would lay down under the platform for weeks, praying for John Wesley to come. When he comes, the glory of God fills the land. People will be crying for their sins. But many will never have record of, of Father Nash. He died praying under those tents. He died praying. It was never known. It was unsung. That's why I believe tonight, church, there will be surprises in heaven. Don't make a mistake in your heart to think that men with the greatest ministry are the ones that, great, that will be greatly blessed in heaven. There are many with secret lives who are spending time interceding for other people and God will lift them. God will grant them a special place in heaven. There will be surprises in heaven. Because God's yastic and parameters of reward is different from man's reward. How many times have we noticed that brothers are ready to destroy one another for the sake of, of selfish interest? But God is saying, agree! Agree! When are we going to agree to take our city for Jesus? When are we going to agree to take this community to the Lord? Have we found out it is when they have peace that we will have peace? If the peace does not return to the community, the entire place will not, have, will not have peace. Let's see where churches are established and there is no peace in the community. There will be no peace in those churches. Power of unity. God is saying tonight, there is nothing you cannot do. There is nothing impossible. It's two ways. Some of us are here tonight. We have lived independent lives. And God is saying from tonight, I want you to know that when you agree, there is nothing I cannot do. When you agree in prayer. Let me show us one of, my, one of my examples of united prayer. Let's turn our Bibles together tonight. To the book of Acts of the Apostles, chapter 16, verse 25. I want us to see this. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 16. This is a story of Paul and Silas as they began to call upon God. As they began to pray. Acts 16, 
25. This is what he says. But at midnight, Silas, Paul and Silas were praying. Don't forget they've been arrested. This was after the death of James. Singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. So that the foundation, do we see this? So that the foundation of the prison was what? Shaking. Does this sound like what we just read now? It sounds like that. I'm believing that tonight, the foundation of this place will be shaken. As we agree together. You came here with burdens in your heart. We're going to buy each other's burdens tonight. We're going to pray for each other tonight. I want to see the Lord lift you beyond the, this time and this season of, of oppression, of struggle in our lives. God will lift us. There is nothing as powerful when my brother prays for me. It's so wonderful for me to pray for myself. But I saw from the life of Paul the Apostle. Have we noticed from the epistle, Paul, a great apostle. He said, pray for us. Have we seen that many times? He said, pray for us. Prays for us. He never ceased to say that. And don't forget, in every epistle, in Ephesians, in Colossians, in Philippians, he said, I cease not to pray for you, giving thanks on your behalf to the Lord Jesus who has kept you by his grace. He was praying for others. He was asking for prayers from others. It's a dynamic kingdom. It's a kingdom where we have interdependence. I depend on my sister. My sister depends on me. You know what? The enemy cannot stop that. In fact, he does not understand it. That's what the devil does not know. He does not know why I will abandon the Lord of my life and begin to pray for somebody in, in problem. And you know, that's the kingdom principle. The day we forget about issues and we begin to call upon God on behalf of others. Do you remember what happened to Joseph while he was in prison? Joseph was in prison. He was bound. But Joseph was approached by two people who had a dream. His dream got him in trouble. I hope we remember it was his dream that got him in trouble. He was in trouble because of his dream. And two people walked up and said, well, we had a dream last night. If it were me, I would say, ah, dreams? These dreams that get people in trouble. Please don't talk to me now. Joseph said, talk to me. The Bible says, and he spoke to them as the Lord has given me a word. The one that he said will not survive, didn't survive. And the one that said will survive, survived. But do you know what? It was as Joseph interpreted the dream of the other people that his own dream became interpreted. Do you get it? It was when he interpreted the dream of that man that his own dream became interpreted. What was his dream? His dream is that someday it will reach the position of authority. Where his parents and his brothers will bow down to him. Did they bow? They did. But how would that have happened if he did not interpret the dream of the man? It was the same man that remembered Joseph after two years and said, ah, I remember that young man. He's still in the prison. Do you know today the Lord spoke to me and said, as you begin to interpret other people's dreams, your dreams become interpreted. That is the principle of the kingdom. As you begin to carry the burden of others, God will take over your own body. God will transform your life and bring you to the place of accomplishment in life. As you begin to take other people's body. How many times believers are so lonely and we're together in the church and we're lonely. You know why? We cannot talk to each other because we don't trust each other with information. When you say something, it's all over the world. You can as well assume that CNN has taken it. The news is all over. Is that not true? But it shouldn't be so. It was not so from the beginning. When issues were brought to the church, it was a common life. It was a common goal. It was a common problem. They attacked every issue commonly. 
It was a communal life. May the Lord return that to our midst as the people of God. May the spirit of community come back into our midst. May we see other people's bodies as our bodies. May our prayer devotion be on the behalf of a brother and a sister who is in crisis. Of a minister who is going through a difficult time. That the Lord will rescue them. That the Lord will raise them up. How much God can do when we pray for one another. How much, can, how much will God accomplish when we look up to God on behalf of one another. In this scripture, actually, as they began to pray, the Bible says the place was shaking. Don't forget, it was two people that was praying. You know what I saw? I never saw that here before. Do you know that they did not pray quietly? It was noise. The Bible says even the prisoners heard them. And because of that agreement, God stepped down from heaven. Broke the chains. And did not only broke, break the chains. You know what I also saw? That was in supernatural manifestation. So much so that the jailer knew this is not ordinary. We've been having prisoners here for years. This is different. These people, the prisoner was broken. There was earthquake. He said, please, what do you know? What must I do now? Please, can you rescue me? What must I do? They said, no problem. He thought they left. He said, we didn't leave. Look, when we escape, it's because there is no true power. When true power really comes, there is no escape. You stay. Because you didn't accomplish it by yourself. They waited. And you know what happened? The man was not only saved, his entire household was saved. Because people agreed together to pray. I know we came here tonight with bodies. Let's stand up. We're going to pray together. I don't want to overflow this issue tonight. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. You know what happened when we agreed together in prayer? The Bible says in Psalm 133, how blessed and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like an ointment that comes from the head, even to the beard and the garment of hero. For there the Lord commanded blessing, even life forevermore. God is commanding life in this place tonight. I'm going to do something in a very short time. I know we have spouses here, and tonight we're going to pray for one another. Can we just go to our spouses now? We're going to pray. For those of us who have spouses here, if you don't have a spouse, find a friend. Let's, let's pray for one another. Let's find somebody we want to pray with tonight. Let's find somebody we want to pray with tonight. We're going to pray tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are we ready to pray? Are we ready to pray? Jesus gave us a command. Jesus gave us a word. When we agree with God on the basis of his word, that will be a miracle. Ever say that will be a miracle? As we're going on tonight as couples, that will be a miracle in our homes. God will do a half-shaking miracle. Oh yes, the heart will shake. Something is going to begin in our lives. Everything that has held us back, the Lord will release us. Can we begin to pray and say, Lord, I'm holding my spouse, I'm holding my friend. Lord, let there be a tremendous move of the Spirit of God in his life. Lord, everybody, every mountain tonight, let them be removed and be cast into the sea tonight in the name of Jesus. As we join our hearts together, let your glory be revealed. In our family, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. We're going to pray tonight. Every battle that I've been fighting alone from tonight, the Bible says in Deuteronomy, if one shall chase a thousand, two will chase ten thousand. Are we ready to pray? 
we're ready to chase 10,000 tonight and say, Lord, every battle that has, been, that has been opposing my life, tonight we agree together. We beat down the forces of hell. We beat down the forces of the enemy. From tonight, every attack from the pit of hell, we bring them under, we take authority over them tonight by the power of disagreement. We take authority over it in the name of Jesus. We take authority over every work of the enemy. We take authority over every cancer that's not of God. We take authority over every force in hell in the name of Jesus. Let's take authority. Let's take authority. We take authority tonight. We bind every devil. Don't forget, whatever you bind on us shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on us will be losing. We bind every work of the enemy. We take authority over you. We take authority over you tonight. 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 In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. I want us to pray. Every generational problem, every generational curse that I have struggled with from tonight, in the name of Jesus, I take authority. I bring them before the Lord tonight. The Lord, who is great and mighty. The Lord, who, who, the Bible says, lift up your heads, all ye gates, and be ye lifted up ye everlasting door. That the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty is the King of glory. I want us to begin to pray tonight. Every curse, every curse, every curse, I, I, I command it to be nullified out of my life tonight. I reverse every curse and I replace with the blessing of God. I replace with the blessing of God. I replace with the blessing of God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Every cause that my family has struggled with, we take authority, we nullify it, we demolish it. In the name of Jesus. From tonight. In the name of Jesus. We take authority. We bring every captivity into bondage tonight. Every offense of the enemy. Every horror of the evil one. Every curse, every curse, every curse, generational curses, every self-inflicted curse, we bring them on the, we, 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 we release the power of God to nullify them tonight. Hallelujah. I want us to begin to decree the blessing of God. Begin to decree the blessing of God over your life. Begin to decrease the blessing of God over your, over your mate, whoever you're standing to pray with. I command the blessing of God over you tonight. I command the blessing of God over you tonight. I command the blessing of God over you tonight. You are blessed in the name of Jesus. You are blessed in the name of Jesus. I decree the blessing of God over you. You are blessed. 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 Thank you, Father, tonight. We give you glory and honor tonight. We glorify your name. We bless you because we know you're faithful. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. I want us to code our prayer tonight. That's the last prayer. Code your prayer. If you want God to intervene in an issue, you let's say to somebody praying with you, I want God to intervene. 
I want him to I want you to agree with me. I want God to move in my life. If we're couples, we understand certain things. I want us to begin to present those issues before God. Listen, you have been praying over it alone by yourself, but God is in tonight praying together over it. Commit it to God. Let God move on your behalf. Can we go ahead and begin to pray? Just speak to one another in one minute and then begin to consider our issue before God. Commit it to God and say, Lord, tonight, let something new begin. 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 Let there be a tremendous manifestation of your power. In the name of Jesus, manifest your power in my life. Manifest yourself. Lord, do something new today. Lord, let your name be expressly glorified in my life. Touch my home. Touch my children. Lord, do something new tonight. My weeping has been enduring. The days of my joy is here. Let the joy of the Lord return to my soul. Let the blessing of God return to my life. Move on my behalf, our Father. Lord, we have prayed in the past, but I believe there is something new happening tonight. Do something over our situation. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Before I pray tonight, I want to encourage us. Some of us like prayer partners. I want you to go home tonight and pray. Let the Lord lead you to somebody who will be able to carry the burden and pray genuinely with you. There are issues in our lives we cannot carry alone. Many of us have been worrying over those issues, but you never know. If you agree with somebody, God can open the windows of heaven. Something new can begin from tonight. Hallelujah. Let's close our eyes as we pray. Father, we came here tonight. Tonight, apparently we decided we're just going to take some time to pray. Because we've been learning and learning. It is time to be practically involved in bringing our matters to you. Lord, many of us sleep and wake up every day not knowing what is next. Lord, our lives are so full of uncertainty and void. Lord, we, we, we're so concerned many times. We have been told not to worry, but the circumstances are staring us in the face. And there are things we don't have control over. Lord, we've looked at them, we've, we've called people about them, we've even gone to anointed men, but nothing has changed. But tonight, we understand that there is power in agreement. Lord, we, we've chosen to agree, and yet to still agree with somebody concerning the issue of our lives tonight. We pray, oh God, that you will open the windows of heaven. Lord, as your word says, if they obey him and serve him, they will spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. According to your word tonight, we have obeyed you. You said, if two of us shall agree, we have agreed tonight. We receive the blessing of agreement. We receive a heart-rendering, a heart-shaking result over the circumstance of our life. In the name of Jesus, a new day is here. We proclaim and decree in the realm of the spirit. A new day is here. A new day is here. A new day over our families. A new day over our lives. A new day over our spiritual life. That we will grow. We will love you. We will serve you. We will work with you. In the name of Jesus. We pray for a new day concerning our finance. Many of us have struggled financially. We've, we've borrowed to pay, borrowed to pay. 
it is not right. Tonight we come against every spirit of death. We come against the spirit of death. We agree together, Lord, that tonight the spirit of power to release wealth will come upon us. The Bible says it is God who gives power to get wealth. Let the power for finance come upon every one of us in the name of Jesus. Some of us have struggled with sickness and disease. They've haunted us for years. We've been taking medications after medication. Our bodies are becoming weak. Father, we love medicine. But there is a greater healer in the house. Heal our bodies. Heal these bodies. Heal these vessels. Let the power of God rest upon us tonight. Let the hold of sickness be broken. Let the power of God set us free tonight. We release healing in this place. We release healings in this place. Some of us need healing mentally and emotionally. We release healing in this place. Decree tonight is where with us. So say ye to the righteous, it shall be where with you. I decree with ev over everyone in, in this place tonight, it shall be where with you. It shall be where with you. It shall be where with you. It shall be where with your home. It shall be where with your children. It shall be where with all that concerns you. The name of the Lord will be glorified over your life. In Jesus' name. And amen. I want the church to clap their hands together. Let's just bless the Lord tonight.